lights down Hand over my crown Hand over my heart I do this for my town I do this for my crowd So turn me up real loud My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged I'm here with David Mr. NFD, non-fungible David. How are you doing today? I'm, I, I'm one of one. I cannot be... You're one of one? I'm fungible. You're okay. fungible. So I cannot be... Or I'm sorry, I'm non-fungible. Oh, that's what I said. I said sorry, NFD. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Or you're, you're exchangeable? I'm non-fungible. You, can, you cannot uh, exchange me or replace me. Well, I, that's why I call you Mr. NFD, yes. but I think David. Non-fungible. We're here actually because we get paid to work as opposed to... Um, a lot of people today they can pay it not to work, but that's another uh, another topic. Anyways, um, we have a lot of things to cover today and very little time, so we're gonna get started. Yeah, but then you know these days, I make more money doing stuff that's like not the main work than the main work with the way crypto is going. Well, at least you well, put your skin not in today, the game, but but uh, you know that's another thing that we're maybe getting to today when when we're starting to get into the economy and. Uh, inflation nation and how the government insists in sending people money did you see that um there was a goldman sachs uh i think he was an analyst or some i forget exactly what he did but or maybe he was even a higher up like a managing director or something but basically uh he apparently uh was buying a lot of dogecoin early and he made millions of dollars on Doge, and he quit his job at Goldman Sachs. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> that must have been a lot of money. He probably sold it at the right time because he's going down now about 30 40% again. But, um, yeah, so we do have a lot of things to discuss. And um, But, again, we want to limit this to no more than 45 minutes an hour or so. So we're going to start with, actually, some um, e-commerce uh, news. Sorry, one thing on Doge. Cause oh, my God, David. It, it reminds me, you didn't watch SNL with Elon, did you? I watched some highlights, not their show. Okay. Man, it's so depressing. It was depressing. How bad it is. Oh, SNL? Not Elon. Elon was as expected. I didn't expect... To, I, he was basically... I didn't expect him to be great. I didn't expect him to be bad. He was fine. Because uh, he's not a comedian or anything right. like that. Right. Well, he's a funny guy. So, but. so he, was, he was fine. But the, the show itself, the skits, the cast... I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched in a few years because I think like a lot of people, it's just gotten bad. And I'm not even talking, forget about like a lot of people are boycotting watching it because they're so like woke and mm. like, uh, you know, politically correct all the time. That's one thing. Well, that's, that's one of the complaints. That, uh, not, yeah. even, not even that. Forget about that. I wish, because I just wanted to watch because I was like, all right, I'll watch it because it's Elon. I'll just see how it. I watched the first few skits, man. It was just so I didn't laugh once. I know in like four or five skits, and I just stopped watching. Well, but you know what the problem that they have there, and we're gonna start with this then, since you brought up the uh, Elon Musk uh, show, which was the highlight everywhere in business news and crypto news and everything leading to the show that was Saturday and obviously the week after, which is this week. Um, they have so much. Um, approval stages there because obviously Elon Musk is an influential guy, and he also can you know swing things one well, way or the other but the show but, started though with the opener yeah which is always like typically is like the best sketch is literally the opener a lot of times when they say at the end of it oh uh, mm -hmm. it's saturday night whatever um and normally it's a comedy show right but it was mother's day so they just did this like yeah sappy that was um, with uh, it was with miley cyrus, with miley cyrus i know and it was like a, just really sappy. Like some of the moms yeah. and, and the cast were like crying and hugging yeah. each other. Yeah. And it was like it was like six or seven minutes long. That too. was that was uh, what some people said. It was the WTF moment, like saying, "But it was what like, what am I watching here?" It was like, "Is this a comedy show? I know. Or what's going on here?" I know. I mean, I know it's Mother's Day, but do a Mother's Day skit. Don't just. It was Miley Cyrus singing. Yeah. To for all the mothers. Six minutes. Yeah. With like mothers crying. I was like, "Is this a comedy show?" <laughs> no. What am I watching here? I know. No, but the thing is, uh, like like SNL, back before the PC world that we live now, um, it oh, was it very was unscripted, edgy. very edgy, very off the, you know, off the rocks, whatever. And uh, 
And now it's so you have so many layers of approval, and you're not gonna offend these people. You're not gonna offend these other people. And now in this case, you have like even lawyers there saying, no, 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 you cannot say this, you cannot say that. Like everybody expected, you know, uh, Elon to say things about crypto and Dogecoin and Bitcoin and all that stuff, and they had to tame that down a lot of what he wanted to say. They even when he revealed the uh, the the, the skits and everything about the Aspergers. There were people saying, "Oh no, no, we cannot do this." Some people on the staff apparently had children with 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 Aspergers, and they had to say, "No, no, you can't say that." And then, they, then I don't what, get that because he's like inspirational. Well, that's he's what saying, he look in the at, beginning. They look were at making, how successful despite my Aspergers. Right, right. But in the beginning, they were making the jokes without him saying anything. He says, "What a minute, I have Aspergers," he said. And then everybody's like, and then they came later saying, "Oh, that was great. That was kind right. of demystifying the thing." And, and then, of stuff. course, the problem too is you have that controversy with. Uh, the uh, psychology handbook right. or whatever that book is that's yeah. like the official psychology handbook mm-hmm. they removed Asperger's yeah so they say oh no it's just autism but right. we don't have Asperger's anymore right I don't know I'm not a psychologist I, I, I'm not an expert on those it, but, things but it's like but, everything now is is um, scrutinized um, like um, a pre-approved and everything and no wonder the show is so lame these days because the, the skits plus are like the so cast the problem they have too is that the cast is just not very good well there, there, uh, there's some good people there I mean, uh, McKinney, I mean the I, problem is that this is the problem that SNL has there's so much anybody can just make a sketch on their own on YouTube and there's ton of tons right, of comedy right. channels on YouTube that are way funnier, mm-hmm. way funnier than SNL. In fact, uh, Shane Gillis, who was basically a comedian who, um, this was 2019, I think, so two years ago, they, uh, SNL always announces like the new cast members or whatever, mm-hmm. right, when they add new people. So he was a comedian, up-and-comer, and he got basically added to the cast in 2019, I think, and... Um, Basically, people dug up because he had a podcast and he basically said the uh, I'm not going to say it, but the racial slur uh, for Chinese people, uh, you know, I think people know I'm talking. I don't want to say it because I don't want to get us in trouble. But basically, I don't even know what it is. uh, (laughs) It's okay. I'll say it just so people know what it is. But he said chink on the podcast. Never heard even that, (laughs) which is like, uh, I guess I. I don't, I mean, it's hard for me to tell because I, I have never honestly heard that, that word. Is that saying spick for a Hispanic it, or something? Yeah, it's like spick. We're Spanish, so we can say spick. But uh, it's like, uh, I mean, it's like the N-word for Chinese people. I mean, I don't think it's that extreme. But basically, he said it in a joke um, okay. on his podcast. They were talking about like Chinese restaurants or something. And then yeah. he said something. And so he was just making a joke. Obviously, I, I the guy's not racist towards Asian people. Uh, but he was just making a joke. Maybe it was a bad joke, whatever. But that one clip um, got sent to SNL a bunch of times. People were saying, you can't have him. And they right. caught him from the cast. So what did he do? He now has his own sketch comedy channel on YouTube. Oh, my God. His sketches are so fucking funny. He just did one that was Donald Trump speed dating. And uh, I recommend everybody just go search Shane Gillis. Uh, you'll find his channel. He just did one that was his his Trump impression is one of the best I've ever seen. And uh, anyways, but the point is him. Uh, there's another guy, Gus Johnson, who actually uh, they think that uh, SNL has copied skits from his YouTube channel <laughs> before. There's a, there's other guy like Nick Mullen is a comedian who. Uh, they basically directly copied one of his skits too. Like, but basically the point is, there's tons of sketch comedy online now, and it's like, why go to SNL when you can just start a YouTube channel and get millions of subscribers if you're funny? Well, I mean, there's no secret that SNL is being. And you don't on. have a fucking editorial staff. Right. You can just right. do whatever you want. And and, and uh, they even changed the time, as you know now, the, for the for the West Coast, so it's much sooner, um, much earlier in the day. But I don't think it made a difference. I mean, right now, I mean. I don't even know, to be honest. I mean, how how many people are watching live TV these days? Like SNL, Other, the only thing like that, that for live TV, the only thing that draws is sports. Right, exactly. That's it. It's like with so many different options, and then you can watch anything on demand whenever you want. And as much as they try to hype up the show, the SNL with Elon Musk, and yeah, he has a lot of followers, and everybody was trying to kind of follow what he was going to say or not say or whatever. 
and even that was even the highest rated show. I mean, for for newest um, standards. So, yeah, I mean, the show is is what it is. But aside from that, I mean, yeah, he 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 went there and he he put all his. I mean, he wanted to be in all the skits. I mean, as much as possible, and he did the show and and, and we yeah, but no, on, no, no. It, it was. He he was fine, but yeah, it was just the state of SNL is sad. Yeah, but I think that's the state of a lot of legacy media, really. Yeah, I mean, well, it's I mean just, Ellen just got. Yeah, uh, Ellen just canceled her show. Did she was making fifty million a I year. Know. I am. Oh my god! I know, that's amazing. So, so that anyways, means that her show, show is, is is canceled starting next year. I mean, this year is still for there. her to make fifty million. That means that show had to be making at least. 150 million a well, year. I don't know what they're making now. They were. She had a good in, a good in her run. prime. I'm saying. Yeah, probably because no, because typically. But they lost a lot of advertisers after her uh, controversy and all that stuff. So, but yeah, that's another show that is daytime TV that uh, is off. And I was never a big Ellen person, but 50 million a year. Wow, good for her. Hey, you know what? I mean, I never blame people making the money. It's people no, paying I don't those either. guys. It's the same thing with athletes. I mean, if somebody says, "Hey, I play for." Forty million dollars a year, and somebody's willing to pay you that. More power to you. I mean, you know? Stephen Colbert went from being super edgy on Comedy Central, yeah. So now he makes twenty-five million a year on CBS, and he like cries on TV about the election, right? Uh, I was like, okay, whatever, yeah. dude. Yeah, money, money would change your. Uh, it's uh, like, well, attitude. you know, if yeah. they gave me twenty-five million a year, I might listen to what they say too. But that's why all these guys are better when they are like on on channels that are not broadcast channels. That's why know? I respect John Stewart. Yeah, because John Stewart could have gotten right a huge payday, but he said, "No, I'm done. I quit." Yeah, he said that basically. I forget exactly what he said, but he said something like. I can't keep doing this forever because yeah. well, he said it different stops. Types. I can't basically. It works when you're coming up, but once you're the big dog, it's much harder to stay super controversial right. and all that. Right. And he said, "I can only make jokes so many times about the same people and all that right. stuff." So he said, "I reached my peak, and then it's time to move on." And now he, he does it. like documentaries. Yeah. Where's Conan doing these days? Still with TNT? Who? Conan. He's still with TBS. TBS. But he has a podcast now too. Oh, that's it. Yeah, okay. that's separate. But um. I don't know how successful that is. He was pretty Conan funny. Conan is my favorite. Of the current nighttime people, Conan's my favorite. Yeah, he Between was. Between him and Kimmel and Fallon and yeah, Colbert. Yeah, I don't like... I don't yeah. really like any of them. I mean, I, I don't dislike them. I just don't think they're very funny. Yeah, I think it's just it's just a different format now. People are not used to just watching these little and especially short when, interviews. And, yeah, especially when it's cut with a million commercial breaks. Yeah. They do a five-minute interview. Right. And it's like... But they're competing with... You know, every comedian has a podcast now, right. except they do an hour and they can talk to somebody for an hour. Exactly. You know, and uh, it's just funnier. Yeah. You know, like I like I like um, Tom Segura and he has a couple podcasts that he does. And uh, it's like, but if Tom Segura all of a sudden reformatted his show to every five minutes, it cuts off with a commercial break and they do stupid game show shit like Jimmy Fallon does or like oh we have an interview but uh, I can only talk to you for six minutes mm -hmm. and you're gonna have a pre-prepped story and I'm gonna pretend to ask you hey tell me about the time this. yeah like, yeah and by the way I do have the picture here that it's I so right yeah. yeah it's like they have something like it's, it's so like improv fake. But they have and then you the, compare that to like Rogan or something which right, is the complete or opposite Dillon or one of these guys you know right yeah. so anyways it's just it's it's I mean, it really is like we talk about DeFi later. Mm -hmm. It's like in every aspect, we are seeing this major shift, whether it's media for news, media for comedy, uh, any type of media, even like um, like with uh, journalists, with Substack. It's a big controversy because they're basically just saying, hey, journalists, we'll give you 200 grand to basically quit your job and yeah. come join Substack. And a lot of them are like, okay, and you have full autonomy, you can do that. New York Times now sent a memo to all their uh, journalists saying you are not allowed to have a separate newsletter, basically. Yeah, like, a, like you're Like you're not allowed to freelance on the side, basically. Right. Which I think is bullshit. I think, fuck you. I mean, well, I, yeah, they're concluded. But, but again, it's like everything where the, the top level journalists are super happy, the people who actually write good shit and they do it and they make the leap and, and a bunch of them have left. And all the shitty people who, if they left and started a newsletter, nobody would subscribe to it. Yeah, but then you also have the the opposite case back in the 
in the days when the Huffington Post was starting and then there were a bunch of people just contributing with stories and then it became the number one blog very much. Yeah, but they weren't getting paid. Exactly, they weren't getting paid. But then when the the Huffington Post sold and Ariana Huffington made a bunch of money, then the writers were like, what about us? And nobody took care of them. Substack, first of all, you obviously make, you have subscriptions. So anybody who subscribes, you get paid directly. They take their cut, but you get... How much is their cut? I think it's 10%. I don't know. I have no idea. Don't quote me on that. I think it's 10, but I'm not 100% sure. But they also, for bigger people to draw talent, they I think they offered, um, it was Taylor Lorenz, who's the uh, the TikTok tech writer for mm-hmm. New York Times, who's yeah. always getting in controversies with people. Uh, I think they offered her 300,000 signing bonus. Basically quit New York Times, we'll give you 300 grand, and you know, the regular, you know, if you get, if you get all these subscribers. Right. Yeah, it's just normal. But basically, a three hundred thousand dollars signing bonus is what they offered her, and then same with like a bunch of other people, uh, different amounts. But it's like, it's smart though. I mean, that it's the talent business. That's what it is, and it's like, you need the talent. And the truth is that like everything, the top one percent of writers have eighty percent of the readers, basically. Uh, well, they have their, yeah, exactly. They have their own followers, which will follow them no matter where they go, right. whether it's Substack or the the creator own channels, their podcasts, their YouTube's anywhere you know right so uh switching over to uh from prime time to prime day um this is a big shift but uh, we we're going to discuss a little bit um amazon actually has been in the news lately for a variety of reasons but one of them is that they everybody was wondering when prime day bezos bought a boat yeah did you see that yeah <laughs> but let me get back to prime day so prime day <laughs> i just um, want to say on his boat so he wanted to have a separate like helicopter for some reason they couldn't put a helicopter pad on on the main boat so he's buying a 500 million dollar yacht which is like a fucking i mean 500 million that's like a navy warship over here well you've seen the russian oligarchs in europe yeah but you know you're rich when he has a second boat that's following at all times the main boat that is just so he can land his helicopter on it. And it's like, you know you're rich when you have a yacht for your yacht. It's like, that's just a different no, level. A, a, a helicopter uh, landing pad that follows you everywhere. Might as well just have a helicopter hovering over your yacht all the time. I mean, that is a different level of rich. Yeah. He has a, and I'm sure that second boat just, I mean, a boat with a helipad is going to cost you millions by itself. Well, and yeah. that's just for a companion for his main I go, I'm wondering why did he just buy a yacht with a helicopter already in it? I mean, there's tons of There was that. some reason, because it's like a fully custom boat. I don't know. I don't know. If it's custom, just put a, put a deck for a helicopter. I'm not a yacht guy. That's one of those that like, I don't get, care how get rich I get. one of those helicopters that can't land on water or sea land or whatever that have those floaters instead yeah of, uh, but then you got it i don't know anyways i need to get some ideas to him it's like go anyways. to amazon and buy a helicopter for, that for me though can. i don't know maybe i'm just not a big boat guy but like i could be a billionaire i, I don't think i'd ever buy a yacht well you know you just rent it don't buy it you know yeah. it's one of the f's so the it, best business book of all time i know if i if, saw someone mention it on twitter <laughs> the other day they we said, don't even know which book we're mentioning but it's uh how to get rich by felix dennis yeah i hate most business books i think most of them are bullshit and suck because they all just say the same thing and they're like really basic platitudes and it's one of the first ones how to read. get rich by felix dennis if you have not read this book it's the best business book you'll ever read. And someone mentioned it the other day on Twitter. I was like, oh my God, nobody ever mentions this. When you ask for like, what are the best business books? It's always like, rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. Or all these like, and it's like, I'm not saying it's bad, but man, that book is the best. But anyways, his, he said in the book, if it flies, floats, or, or fucks, rent it, don't buy it. Which is probably a good advice. Pretty good advice. Okay. Anyways. All right. Well, um, back to uh, Amazon that matters. Yeah, he passed away. He he was, I don't know, he flying was the, the founder too of much, Maxim magazine. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, he uh, founded. Yeah, I mean the book is fantastic, but yeah, he founded a lot of different. He was in the uh, in the print magazine industry. Yeah, and um, primarily, and then he went from zero to 
hundred and I think he had a record label too, right? Yeah, a yeah. I think he sold all the business and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, and, all right. So, and according to him, if you don't have at least a hundred million dollars, you're poor. Yeah, you're a couple. No, what was the? Uh, he has pumped, a scale. <laughs> I think he said millionaires, but less than ten million, like one to ten million. Uh, is the comfortably poor, I think. Is yeah, what you're comfortably poor. You're not even rich yet. So, or as Succession says, if you remember, uh, for those Succession fans out there, when Greg got his inheritance taken away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, he, but he was still going to have like $5 million. They said, $5 million, congrats. You're the poorest rich man in America. <laughs> That was a great line, because it's kind of true. Five who million. Was who was that, Logan? Or who was saying that? It was, um, um, I think, uh, what's his name? The 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 husband to Shiv. Oh yeah yeah yeah. The the um uh, oh shit. What's his it's name? Been a while. Yeah yeah yeah. They, yeah, I know who you're saying. Anyways, anyways, for people who don't watch Succession, they have no idea. You should watch Succession. It's a great show. Yeah. New season's coming soon. Hopefully, they said this summer. I think. Well, they delayed it because of the COVID. So yeah. So uh, yeah, he. But it's kind of true. Five million. The thing with five million, is yeah, you're definitely financially independent and set, and it's great. But you, you're not exactly like flying private and yeah, you can't buying throw your like money away. All yeah. types of crazy well, shit. Well, especially if he's only like twenty. If you are sixty, it's like yeah, okay, exactly. You have less longevity yeah. ahead of you. So but. five million, you're the poorest rich man in America. But hey, listen, I'm sure a lot of people would be very happy being the poorest rich man in America. So, anyways, so, so how do I go back to Prime Day? Let's dude? go back to you Prime. Keep, I will stop interrupting. I promise. <laughs> you keep I promise. interrupting. And now I'm going we to haven't even gotten to our first topic. To of the, the day. boring topic of Prime Day. Uh, anyway, so no, just wanted to swim by this. But uh, Amazon announced Prime Day. Uh, they actually said the Prime Day date. They yeah, said Prime Day. That's what be, I love because you yeah. know I obviously manage our entire Amazon department, I know. and I already have clients because it's fucking middle of May, right? And June is next month. But they you said, have to. But they said it'll be sometime. Uh, late in the second quarter, right. which were already late in the second quarter. But they said normally it's in July. Right. But this year they said it's going to be June probably. And June is n- literally a few weeks away, and we still have no idea. Right. And Prime Day, it's not quite Black Friday level, but it's pretty well, last up year, there. Well, last year was pandemic year, but it was it, it beat yeah, the no, record from the previous Black Friday. Right. It's 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 up there and. You know, our clients are like, yeah, we want to prepare. I'm like, yeah, I would love to prepare too, but I don't have any information for you because they haven't set a date yet. I know. So, yeah, they said the, the, the real quote is that it'll, it will take place later in the second quarter, which that was just two days ago or three days ago. So later it means probably June, which is uh, really two weeks away, and people need to start stocking inventory and planning yes. for it. So I, I think these days, be- FBA, first of all, I mean, on some some of these, it's crazy. They're taking like over a week just to process the inventory once they get it, and so <clears throat> we need weeks heads up on this stuff. At well, least. but my guess is that June is also when you have graduations and Father's Days and all that stuff. So I'm not well, sure. Well, it's not going to be in time for Father's Day, but uh, well, Father's Day is, is the third week of June. It's like oh, is something. it? I thought it was the first week. No, no. Oh, okay, never mind. So, so I'm I'm saying that it's going to be before Father's Day and graduation day and the the dads and grads and all the shit that they advertise over time. I think it'll be more like uh, like mid mid June or so, but it's it needs to be announced pretty soon. So. On another um, Amazon news, and this is something that you uh, actually know more uh, because you mentioned it to me yesterday, I think, is the uh, the number of major accounts from Chinese-owned companies that Amazon has banned for a variety of reasons, but primarily because they were against um, violating Amazon's policies, basically. Yeah, so uh, everybody, anybody who sells on Amazon long enough will quickly realize the Chinese sellers are really almost kind of the, uh, I won't say all of them, uh, I've worked with some good ones, but a lot of the Chinese sellers are dirty, nasty players on Amazon. Because first of all, they're in a totally different jurisdiction that Amazon has no control over. They don't hold liability. So this is another thing that happened this week that we'll get into with the liability, but that was a Chinese seller Mm -hmm. uh, who basically, had a product that uh, with a battery that went bad and burned somebody's house down. Um, but anyways, these Chinese sellers use black hat tactics. Uh, like they'll they'll try to report your listing for some violation and get it taken down. They'll leave fake negative reviews on other listings. They boost their own listings with fake reviews. And basically, what Amazon did. This is like 
some gangster moves from from Amazon. This is like some fucking movie type shit. They basically went in and uh, bought one of the largest fake review sites in the world uh, where basically people would go, mostly Chinese sellers, uh, and, and basically buy fake reviews. But that are... When I say fake, I mean that they're like... They look super legit. Well, they were... Yeah, what they do is they have fake accounts that create reviews so so basically it's not a fake review no well, it's, it's not a fake it's, review it, at the it end, looks but totally legit right, to a right. customer but it's not real it's not a real person basically right um and so they went to this site and they bought it they acquired this company and then they took the database of all the people who were using it and matched it to the seller database and they started banning tons of chinese sellers including mega mega sellers like aki aki is one of the biggest basic i think behind anchor um they are the second largest electronics mm -hmm. company on amazon they do hundreds of in fact i think aki may even do billions in revenue on amazon i'm not 100 percent sure but they banned many like hundred million dollar plus sellers off of amazon there were all these chinese sellers um so amazon means business man and uh and this is why i always tell people don't fuck with Amazon. If you're a seller, like I know that they can be a pain in the ass. I know that you want to kind of bend the rules or do a, a little things here and there, but this is what happens. Amazon will crack down. If you're an Amazon seller and you're even considering doing any type of fake review, not even fake, but like just bending the rules around reviews, Amazon's going to get you. I've seen it happen so many times. Well, if anything, and then you see something like this, and it's like, oh, they really. And if they'll ban somebody who's doing a billion in revenue, well, exactly. then they don't give a fuck about you. I mean, that's clear. That's the thing that Amazon is, in a way, shooting themselves on the foot because. But they're, they're not because. Well, they're banning accounts that are generating a lot of revenue for them to for Amazon. So, I was looking at the discussion around this, and. Uh, they were saying with different Amazon sellers like reacting to this. And uh, one thing that somebody said that I definitely agree with Amazon's advertising numbers have been shooting through the roof. Yeah. Uh, they're making so much money from ads now and it's growing and growing. Well, they are the it, third largest advertiser it, after it, Google and Facebook. So. Right. And, but within Amazon internally, within two years, probably advertising will be their number one revenue source. I'm sorry, profit source above AWS. Obviously the number one revenue source is the marketplace, but the, as people know, uh, the marketplace, they don't make a ton of money. Their margins are pretty slim. So they might do hundreds of billions in revenue, but really, first of all, they take typically 15% of that revenue. And then on top of that, they have FBA, all these warehouses, all this stuff. So they don't make a ton of money off the, off the marketplace. Um, but advertising is basically pure profit. I mean, it's... Well, that's the thing. Like, you but, were talking about the lawsuits and all that stuff. And with all the risk involved for Amazon, I think they're probably trying to steer away their their profit from the marketplace to other channels. Like you said, well, IWS has always been there. And then we have now the advertising revenue. But what I was going to say is because they have so much advertising revenue now and it's growing so fast and they know that... If one seller drops off, another will just come and take their place. Trust me, I'm sure if you're selling electronics right now on Amazon, that and Aki just disappeared and they're the second largest electronics seller, that everybody's trying to take that second spot now, right? Everybody's trying to fill that gap. Because if all of a sudden a billion dollars of uh, sales that basically were happening just disappeared, that is just going to be replaced by other sellers. It's not going to like just go away. I know, away. but those those companies were so huge, so they had a lot of inventory already in in uh, Amazon warehouses. So I wonder. What's yeah, I don't know how that's that going to work. I mean, I don't think Aki is going to be permanently banned. I'm sure they'll be fine, um, but yeah, because Amazon makes so much money from advertising revenue now, people were saying they're going to care even less. Like they're going to be like, dude, we make so much money, we don't care. Basically, even if you're a billion dollar seller, hundred million dollar plus seller, we don't care. Yeah, it's becoming a little more difficult because of all the legislation too. Like, like you said that they just ruled that even if Amazon is selling something from yeah, a third so party this is the seller, other big news. they're still liable for any. Yeah, uh, I, I wrote for our uh, Friday newsletter last week about this, but basically, um, there was a California court ruling that ruled that anything that comes from um, a marketplace like Amazon. Amazon is held liable. So basically what happened was, remember the hoverboard 
craze that was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, one of these, some mother bought a hoverboard for her son for Christmas, and it was from one of these Chinese sellers. It was a bad battery. Something happened. House burned down. Basically, battery caught on fire, burned the house down, and she sued, and she won. And I think it was like a $2 million settlement or something. Um, and Amazon was liable, not the seller. Um, and especially in this case, because the seller was Chinese, good luck trying to chase them down, right? So that basically means that because this, they won the case and the judge ruled that Amazon is liable for anything that's sold on their marketplace, uh, that's, by the way, FBA or FBM. So before there was a ruling that said they're liable for FBA, but now even if it never goes through an Amazon employee's oh, hand, really? Yes. So even if it's, it's fulfilled by the seller? Even directly? if it's fulfilled by the seller now. Wow. It's, they're held liable. So even if it never goes through an Amazon employee's hand, never goes through an Amazon warehouse, it's literally just a seller makes a listing on Amazon and then ships it directly to the customer, Amazon is liable for that. Now, the other thing is this is not just Amazon. In this case, the, the case was about Amazon, but he said it for, the judge ruled it for any online marketplace well, exactly. I mean, he, and so he, he i was saying ebay and yeah all these. ebay i don't know how ebay is going to deal with this because ebay is even more wild so what about craigslist right oh yeah I they know. didn't even charge you for the listing you put the stuff there so now i don't know if craigslist, craigslist maybe, liable because some dude is selling some shit. maybe craigslist because they don't actually take payment on their site might be different right but yeah like ebay because amazon at least to sell on amazon there's a lot of hoops you got to jump through, right? right. Um, now, that doesn't mean that there aren't fake people who can still get on there. They do all the time. But it's not that easy. Uh, eBay, I mean, anybody can just make an eBay account and sell. So how eBay is going to control that? Yeah, plus Amazon doesn't sell used stuff, and eBay does. No, Amazon sells used stuff. Used stuff? Yeah. Really? Or remanufacture or whatever, things like that. But no, not- used. I mean, it's not... Uh, I've never seen anything It's not huge, around. but yeah, you can buy used stuff. Okay, I know how like remanufacturer, especially like books and stuff. You can buy used oh, books, really? and yeah. Oh, that, that's right. Yeah, they have some used. So yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, most stuff on Amazon is new, but yeah, you can sell used stuff. Okay. But yeah, I mean, on, I don't know how eBay is going to control that. I mean, that's going to be a big problem for them. Yeah. So, anyways, all this to say that Amazon is going to crack down harder on sellers than they already were, and they already have been cracking down pretty hard. Um, and I just think it's not going to get easier to sell on Amazon. It's going to get harder, basically. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's ultra competitive to, uh, these days to just jump into Amazon. Like, we still get a lot of leads and, and potential customers or people that say, hey, I want to sell on Amazon. And Yeah, the days of the, you know, the, uh, buy something I'm not Alibaba. saying it never happens. Like, I do still see the occasional uh, person, like, do like a side hustle to become successful. Like we have some clients where it started as like a little side hustle, but I would say for every one of those, there's 50 that completely fail. You can Um, have a side hustle, but you need to put money into that. Yeah. I tell people these days, if you don't have minimum, 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 and this is like, you got to crash, scratch and claw your way to do it. 10 grand. Realistically, uh, at least 20, basically. That's like minimum. What, what do you mean by 20? Like um, Startup costs. Cause you're gonna startup? Need, yeah, because you're going to need inventory, first of all. But you can start with small amounts of oh, what inventory. What about advertising costs too? Well, yeah, you're going to need advertising. You're going to need... And it depends... Again, this is like... If, if with 10 grand and you do everything yourself, you can do it, right? Um, obviously, if you start hiring an agency like us, then your costs are going to go up. Now, obviously, if I'm going to pitch ourselves here real quick... We're going to do it right, and we're going to make sure that you don't trip over yourself and mess up and get suspended, which, I mean, I would say half our leads that come to us yeah. are because they try doing it themselves, right. and they messed up, and then we come in and fix it. Um, and some other get suspended for no reason. I mean, for no bad yeah. intention. They're just for negligence, oh, yeah. basically. Yeah. They, they do something the, the wrong way. people just don't know. Because Amazon doesn't give a shit, and you do something wrong or put Am- the wrong Amazon address. Amazon is... Amazon takes the approach of punish first, see what hap- actually happens yeah, later. Find basically. the information later. And yeah. you put their own address for your business that doesn't match your building address or whatever, that bad. Yeah. You know the most common thing, and I'll give this free tip to everybody, do not, for your charge card that Amazon charges for expenses, do not put a debit card. They don't tell you mm-hmm. 
but you have to put a credit card. If you put a debit card, they will suspend your well, account. Well, you know what? Uh, this is a different topic, but that the same thing happened with Facebook advertising. That the ad account, I was managing an ad account for a customer, and they, I asked him for their credit card information. We put it there for because they wanted to charge their credit card. We put it there, and then all of a sudden, the, the ad account was suspended. And I didn't have any information. I, I checked with Facebook. It took me a while to finally talk to somebody. And um, they said, is that, is that credit card by any chance a debit card instead? I was like, I have no freaking clue. I need to ask the client. And he's like, guess what? It was a debit card. And then we changed to a credit card, and everything was fine. I don't know why. It's fine if they want to only take credit cards. But just explicitly say it. I don't think some people even know the difference, to be honest. They go to the bank, what? they open an account, they give you a credit yeah, card. Yeah, I mean, in the that's mail. the thing. They yeah, look that's the same, it just says debit. Yeah, obviously, you have to. Everybody has a business debit card because when you open a company right. bank account, you get one. But not everybody has a business credit card. If you just started your company, you don't have one. Right. So you have to go get one, basically, and apply for one. Right. Uh, which is fine. I mean, it's easy to get a but business card. But I think some card, people but, don't know the difference. But even if. I'm not even saying, like, I mean, I've, we've, I've seen. It's not that people don't have a credit card, they just didn't know. Right. And they just put their business debit card on when they're signing up for their Amazon seller account and they get suspended. And by the way, and I'm not talking about like little sellers. Like it doesn't matter. I've seen, I, I, we have clients who do millions in revenue or clients who do, you know, just very small amounts. It doesn't matter. Like they mm. will just suspend you in two seconds. They don't care yeah. at all. Um, so anyways, I just say, if you want to make sure things go smoothly, uh, just uh, give us a call. We have free 30-minute consultations. Um, NFD, non-fungible David. Yeah, I'll talk hey, to you uh, for 30 minutes for free. So quick note, um, we, we, we talked last week about the, um, the launch of the uh, iOS 14.5 update. That was the famous update oh, yeah. that Facebook didn't want to hear about because it was the opt-in update. And uh, we've already experienced that ourselves with um, uh, our own apps and everything else. But I just want to throw in some numbers because they, they have the first... Uh, numbers it actually the, the update launched i think at the end of april or sometime in april yeah uh, so now it's been almost a month or maybe three weeks and uh it's incredible because you asked me to guess um the number of people that were opting in and i thought it was gonna be more at least in the u.s and uh and then i realized when i looked at the uh, official stats that in the u.s the number of people that are opting in to basically have apps in general, including Facebook, follow them and, you know, target them and all that stuff is 5%. It's actually oscillating between 5 and 6%. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Yeah. Well, because it's the way they word it. It literally, yeah. I got it too. And it was like, and it was, and I, I, it, I opened uh, some random app. I forget which one that uh, I definitely didn't want to share my data with. But it's like, do you want to allow this app to track you everywhere you go, in your sleep, uh, when you wake up in the morning? It's like, uh, no. Okay. No well, wonder it's people. funny because when you, when you go to Facebook, they tell you, if you let us do this, we'll be able to serve you better advertising and things that are beneficial for you and your friends and your followers. And they do it the opposite. And then Apple says, do you want this thing to basically be your big brother? <laughs> He's like no, so so basically in the uh, in the U.S. only five six percent of people are opting in, which means that he's making. Facebook. And that five six percent of people are all people who work in the marketing industry. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, actually, I did, and uh, I said no. In, in fact, I even even on YouTube TV, they asked me to do that because you have yeah, YouTube but TV. You and, know what uh, I'll say? So. I don't use a lot. I don't use Facebook at all personally, other than like if I need to go into some Facebook group or something. Um, but uh, and I'm not a big Instagram guy. But the only main Twitter, main social media I use is Twitter. But uh, when I do go on Instagram, the ads are so much better yeah. than Twitter. Twitter has a problem because they don't really, they, their ad platform is just terrible. Yeah. Um, and they don't really track people's interests very well because 80% of the ads that I get on Twitter are completely irrelevant yeah, to know. my interests. I know. But when I go on Instagram, pretty much all the ads, like, I'm like interested. And well, I'm like, I, oh, I like that. this product. I don't know if you ever tried to. And, and, but my point is, I'm like, I, I, I don't mind. And and this is true for most people, I think. 
I don't mind ads if it's for companies and things that I'm interested in, brands that I like, because uh, a lot of times actually I'll find out about like a sale that a brand I like is having because they're retargeting you with ads and saying, hey, we're having a sale, whatever. And then I'll be like, oh, cool. I didn't know you guys were having a sale. And I like that. I actually like that. There's a lot of stuff that I that I've bought through Instagram ads because they're well targeted. I'm sure people listening can relate. I've never bought anything from a Twitter ad in my life. Yeah, no, I mean, and either. it's like, but if you told me all of a sudden tomorrow that oh, Twitter made major upgrades to their ad platform, and now you're going to see ads that are relevant to you, and you'll actually like them, I don't mind. No, I, I yeah, definitely Twitter is not very uh, programmatic, if you will, but. Uh, that like Instagram is funny because I do I don't use Facebook either uh, for any other than when I have to log in to get to a business account or anything like that. But uh, for Instagram, it's funny because when you see an ad for something that you're interested, I actually game the system a little bit because I I click on the ad on purpose and then sometimes I go to the website um, and then usually I move over, move over to Safari or something if I want to check it out later, whatever product they're advertising. But it's funny because when you do that then obviously the algorithm learns and then they start targeting you with ads that are for competitors of the original brand that you clicked on. So if you want to avoid doing the research, um, you find some uh, poster or some kind of racing thing or some kind of whatever product you're looking into and you click into it, then in the next two, three, four days, you're gonna get ads for all the competitors that do similar products that may be better, worse, different right, pricing or whatever. So they, they actually prevent you from doing the research and trying to find, you know, no, what else is something very similar. The reason we run Facebook, the reason why basically Facebook has been the number one ads platform uh, for, you know, the last decade is because they are the best. They have the best target. Well, the, the main difference Their is algorithm is so good. And, and the main thing that I try to explain to our clients, because some of, most of our clients actually are doing advertising both on Facebook and Google. And then when we see the, uh, I was just explaining this to a client actually a couple of weeks ago. And uh, when they see the uh, conversion rates and all that stuff, they see one and the other. And then sometimes there's overlap. Obviously, it's impossible to avoid overlap. But, uh, but it's like the, the tracking is, is different for Google. It's tracking sessions and clicks and all that stuff, whereas Facebook tracks people. When you're logged into your Facebook account and the cross-device conversion between you're logged in on your phone or your mobile and then you log into your uh, account on Google or what I mean on Google on Facebook or your desktop or something, Facebook follows people and they don't follow cookie sessions or anything like that. So the tracking is so different that they actually know that it's you who clicked on this, who talked to a friend, who liked something that a friend posted. So so the information that they have is so much more accurate. Now with this iOS 14. Point five update. We'll see how that's going to change. What hasn't changed is actually the rates because Facebook advertising is even more expensive now. The problem is, first of all, this doesn't just affect Facebook. This right? Yeah, it's for all the apps. So yeah. Snapchat, Pinterest, all these uh, TikTok now that's launching theirs. All these social channels, but every, every right. app. Or. So, so it doesn't just affect Facebook. So, if it was like it was only affecting Facebook, then I'd say, all right, well, let's do more Pinterest and Snapchat ads. But obviously, they're affected too. So, at the end of the day. Facebook is still the biggest and best um, for just broader targeting. And uh, it's not going to be as effective now, but it's still going to be the most effective, basically. So, yeah, uh, you know, we're just going to have to adapt. Again, I think the response is just going to be more organic and owned media as far as uh, trying to build your email list, trying to build your own website well, content. That's all, yeah, that's always, that's always more the best. Influencers, have your first like party that. data as much, grow your first party data because that's at the end of the day what you control. Everything else, you're at the mercy of uh, software systems. Uh, and I'll own. say if you're doing broad targeting, like if you're a product that has more broad appeal, this probably won't affect you as much. You're retargeting. Retargeting is definitely affected. But as far as the broad targeting, like top of funnel, I don't think it's that big of a difference, honestly. But for people who are doing more niche targeting, it's definitely going to make a big difference. All right. All right. So one um, final topic for today. Um, we started talking about Elon Musk on SNL. Now I wanted to talk about Elon Musk as related to crypto. And we're going to switch over to crypto for a couple of oh, stories yeah. and then just move on. So did he just burst the bubble no, by it, saying that no. Tesla is no longer accepting Bitcoin? No, he, so, so, he went from saying, from tweeting people about should Tesla accept Dogecoin or this and that yeah. to now saying, oh no, we're not even going to accept Bitcoin because it's bad for the environment. Yeah, so what it looks like happened 
and I don't know the official story, right? Uh, nobody really knows. Uh, but like I saw Mark Cuban retweeted this from somebody where it basically said, there's this thing called the uh, ESG, environmental, social governance, whatever, which is like a corporate standards thing that a lot of companies have to uh, abide by. Like in Europe, um, I think they make companies abide by, like it's this thing, you, people can look it up. It's called an ESG score. Um, and they basically like rate companies based on their environmental, social impact, whatever. And uh, apparently their ESG rating was going to take a big hit for uh, the Bitcoin stuff because Bitcoin is uh, bad for the environment, which is bullshit. And but they were, they were mining it or anything. They were just accepting it as a form of payment. What's that to do with shit? It's bullshit. <laughs> it's, it's bullshit. But basically, that's, that's what it looks like probably happened. And so that's why they stopped taking Bitcoin. Um, and that's why. But that's Elon's weird because... Because, let me say, Elon is not stupid, okay? He didn't just all of a sudden find out, oh, Bitcoin uses energy? Of I course know. not. I so know, it's not weird. like that just changed. What it looks like is like he found this out and then realized, oh, fuck, okay. First of all, people were joking like, I'd love to know how many people actually bought a Tesla with Bitcoin anyways. Yeah, exactly. So if it's like... I mean, most Bitcoin people are... If it's this are... like marginal thing that's going to affect you big time because they were saying even some investment funds now have ESG requirements where if you don't meet those certain score, they can't invest in your company basically. So like if I have a pension fund that, uh, my board voted, okay. Cause the, I forget the scores, but like whatever, I think it's like to 60 or something. And it's right. like, if your score is below like a, a 20, score of, uh, right. So if uh, your score is below a 20 out of 60, then we cannot invest in your company, right? Like if the board votes on that, uh, and then basically Elon realizes, oh, plus Elon, keep in mind, they get a ton of government subsidies for environmental shit. No, I understand so, that. But I mean, Tesla just, first of all, they purchased a bunch of Bitcoin. Yeah, they said they're not selling for no, now. No, they're not selling, but by doing that, first of all, they boosted the price of Bitcoin by buying like whatever amount they bought uh, last quarter, I think it was. It was, it was not too long ago. And then and Bitcoin went up to almost 60000 a coin. And then um, they're quarterly revenue increased a lot just because of the Bitcoin purchase. And now hey, by they saying- They made more money on the Bitcoin trade exactly. than they did by selling, selling cars. Exactly, that's my point. And so, so now they they attribute this this last drop of Bitcoin, which as we speak now is down to 48.4, when it was almost yeah. 60 or whatever. Th this is to just- To basically Elon saying, oh, we don't think that, like he's not, like people take it as if they, not, they do not, um, consider the currency trustworthy or something anymore that, you know, like saying, okay, because the big companies say, okay, well, Tesla takes it, maybe we should take it. They were talking GM is going to take Bitcoin or Ford is going to take Bitcoin or other institutions and all that stuff. And now is, just, by Elon saying we're not going to take it. Let's end this discussion. This is stupid. It's just a temporary thing. It'll bounce back. It's This shit happens every, like, it's like once a month. Well, no, there's that, some big stupid fucking story that is about Bitcoin, that's FUD, as they say. And then and that's guess exactly what, what happens saying. every damn time. That's what I'm it saying. Just, it dips and then uh, it goes right back up. Right. And the why, that's exactly my point, that why is... is I don't know who's selling. Are we still worrying about... I, I don't know who the sellers are that are like... It's like, did you guys not know about proof yeah. of work beforehand? You didn't know about the energy consumption? I mean, right. it's not a new thing. It's been a topic for years. And it's right. bullshit. But anyways... It's dumb. It'll be back. For first of all, I like Elon a lot, but people act like he's God or something. Exactly. I, I mean, think, give me a break here. I know. I think I admire the guy. I think he's super smart, super well accomplished, all that. But he's also like a memester, jokester, right. and he's not God. Okay, just because he says something doesn't. He, he's teasing the markets all the time with his tweets and all that stuff. He's like he he throws like a one word tweet. And he's like, oh, see, let's see what happens. Yeah, but he's just. He's just a Twitter troll who happens to exactly. be a multi-billionaire. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, he can but it's it. like people take his words so serious. Like this is the pro this is what people don't understand. 
there's there's two types of people people who take themselves really seriously and people who don't basically and elon is not a person who takes himself seriously okay and i can i don't take myself seriously well you can't if he goes to snl that's for sure you can take what you do seriously obviously he takes what he does very seriously but you don't take yourself seriously and he laughs at himself and makes memes and jokes but in the corporate finance world where you have all these suits and people who take themselves very seriously and prestigious and my title is this and blah 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 they don't understand that elon is a troll but he is trolling and i and i like the guy too but don't you think that that hurts a little bit when he's no no fuck that i think we should have more because no 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 why do you want more lame-o suits jamie diamond i mean look at jamie diamond jamie diamond has done just as much fud about bitcoin too well he he, said first he said bitcoin's a scam uh blah 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 then he said any he said if i catch anybody uh who works for jp morgan in the in in not chase but jp morgan uh who owns bitcoin or is trading cryptocurrencies they're gonna be fired he said that in 2017 or 18 and then now he's like oh no i think bitcoin is the future uh jp morgan is gonna create its bitcoin they're, products they're, uh, their chase product so client it's is like now accepting um, people need to stop hanging on the words of like some fucking random ceo okay it's like i love elon he's a super smart guy i think he's done more for humanity than most people will so ever you, do you in their lives his rockets to take you to mars but to the moon to the moon what about mars <laughs> but anyways it's just this shit always happens there's always fud it's volatile markets just take the advantage and buy if you uh, are looking for a buying opportunity all right, I have a lot of more topics for uh, crypto, but I think we're running out of time for today. Let's just so, do a full DeFi episode next yeah, week. Yeah, we, we have a lot of things that we need to expand. And I also wanted to explain some more DeFi and, and some other options on Ethereum gas fees. That's something that we get a lot of questions about. What are the gas fees, uh, which is basically transaction fees, and why are they so volatile and changing? And- I was telling you, with people were talking about gas shortages and stuff this yeah. week and gas prices going up. And when I, I was on the phone with somebody and they mentioned, oh, my God, yeah, th- they live in California. So the gas prices are really expensive. And they're like, yeah, I mean, gas is getting so expensive. And my mind is so DeFi gas. that in my head, I'm like, I know, man, I'm trying to make some Ethereum trades here. I'm trying to swap some <laughs> tokens. I'm buying uh, $500 and w- worth of uh, crypto and it's like uh, $150 in gas. <laughs> it it so, took me a second to be like, oh, wait, uh, they're talking about real gas, which, by the way, doesn't affect me anymore. Uh, speaking is this, and this tells you, I have a Tesla now, but I don't think Elon's what's well, it, coming. It's coming, but okay, it'll be here soon. But it's like, I don't think Elon's a god. That's the other thing that weirds me out. You know why I almost didn't get a Tesla, and I was gonna, I was considering You're gonna get a Neo instead. I was considering getting like. Uh, basically, in that price range, like a different, like maybe a Mercedes or BMW Chevy or something. <laughs> and it was like it, in that price range. And I was like, uh, because a lot of Tesla owners are cringe. They're like, oh, like like they make owning a Tesla their personality. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they act like Elon's a god. And I'm like, hey, I just like the car. Okay. I don't need to say that Elon, I don't need to fucking pray to the altar of Elon. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just a cool car. It's a cult. It's a cult. Yeah. So. All right. Well, like I said, uh, we'll discuss all crypto maybe later this week or next week, uh, DeFi options and all that stuff. So that's all we have for now. But uh, any other news, uh, David? I know you're excited. Two games left in the NBA and uh, play-in starts uh, next week, I think. Yeah. Uh, that's the mini playoff before the playoffs and then the playoffs. So Suns are probably going to be number two. So that's good. Yeah. And um, that's it. So, um, all right. Well, thanks for listening today and um we promise next time we're going to be doing DeFi clarifications for all the questions that we received stay tuned for that and uh until then enjoy the week and the weekend thank you bye-bye